Welcome, everybody. Ryan McKenzie here with another episode of I Hate Selling Live. Guys, we've got some really cool stuff today. We're talking about growing your business and what does it look like to lead and what kind of things you need to be doing right now coming out of, or maybe some of you are still in lockdown, but we're going to make sure this is all about leadership. I've got Amy Hudson with me, who is a very successful multi-franchise owner and has a really cool team. We're going to let her talk a little bit about herself. Before we do, if you have not downloaded the book, get the book, I Hate Selling for the Fitness Professional. It's a bestseller in just about every country that you can name on the map. And uh, you should get an international bestseller book. And now, oh, guess what? It's free. If you download the ebook, it's free. I hate sellingbook.com. Check it out. Um, Amy, Amy and I met, um, it was probably, is it three years ago now? Two years ago? And yeah, Chicago. I was going to say two to three years ago. We are in Chicago at an exercise coach um, franchisee conference, right? Like it was yep. your all's big yearly convention. And um, her and her husband are doing big things with exercise coach. If you don't know what exercise coach is, guys, it's a really cool a franchise. I'm not here to like really, um, it's not a, a commercial for exercise coach, but you're going to want to know what this is like, because if you're running a gym, they have a cool model. I think you can learn from them. So um, Amy, before we get into exercise coach, before we get into like the leadership musts that all these personal trainers and gym owners should have, let's talk about the important stuff. Um, what is your favorite cereal? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with honey bunches of oats. If you gave me I don't know how often you get that answer. No, that's the first time. That's great. That's, yeah. Really? Awesome. I almost said grape nuts, but that's very controversial. <laughs> it's con- How is that controversial? Is it too well, healthy? Is it- <laughs> yeah, and people think it's really gross, the texture. It's that's a texture fair. issue. You got to get a lot. There's a lot of cereals out there that like, at, if you don't go at the right time and you wait too long, then they're just mush. Or if you go too soon, it's like rocks in your mouth. So I think grape nuts would fall in that category of like, when do you eat it? You know, that's, uh, yeah. Yes. Sometimes the longer you wait, the better it is. <laughs> right. Right. It's very true. Um, so honey bunches of oats. Good. Now, aside from that, what's one thing that's odd about you that most people don't know? <laughs> um, one thing that is odd is I had a, an experience where I got trapped in a car wash, but I was not inside a car <laughs> near death experience. <laughs> And I got the, the, it was one of those car washes where the, the doors slam down, like to, to keep your car inside so that the, it can run. And I was outside of the car. It was for like a scavenger hunt and I was trying to get out and I could not, I didn't escape in time. I was standing outside for a picture and the door slammed into my head and got a huge black eye. I was supposed to go on a date like the next night, still went on the date, really disgusting swollen face and I still have a scar to this day where like my part of my eyebrow has never really grown back from Character, that yeah. you know so it's like you're hardcore yeah man that is I've not so is that a northern thing like I don't understand the 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 car wash that the doors close is that like in Florida we have um car washes that you drive through or you have car washes you get out and then they like just take them they, they take them off themselves I've never experienced ones that doors close around you, like trap you in it. That yes, seems that's terrifying. It is, it is, it is must, it's a Northern thing because it's too cold, you know, when it's gotcha. negative 50 yep. degrees up here in Minnesota, um, everything would freeze. And so it's really gotta, 
you know, get self-contained and, you know, there's downsides to that. Wow. Okay. That you're, that's a whole nother level. I like that a lot. That's a great answer. <laughs> Best answer we've had yet. Um, really, really cool. So, um, sorry, aside from you being a scavenger hunt, like just hardcore maniac, that is, um, you run the exercise coach in Minnesota. Is that right? Yes. We have two locations, two tell exercise us, coach studios. Tell us about that a little bit. I know your husband does some big stuff with exercise coach as well. You guys both are in this like full on, but I, for those of you that don't know about Exercise Coach, um, I'm have Amy talk about that a little bit. Um, you're in Minnesota right now. Yes. And I'm down in Florida. So, what's the temperature there in Minnesota? Are you guys freezing yet, or is it all right? No, it's pretty today. It's like 68, 69 today. Um, it'll be 60s and 70s this week. So it's gorgeous right now. Oh, well, I'm in I'm in Florida. No, not where the hurricane is, um, thankfully. But it's uh, sunny and great right now. Fall and spring in Florida are amazing. Winter's amazing. Summer, we're coming out of summer finally. It's no longer a thousand degrees. It's great. Yeah. Uh, but talk to us about exercise coach. What um, what do you got going on there? What is that? What makes that different than like every other gym I see on the side of the road that says burn boot camp or fit body or um, personal training studio or CrossFit? Like, is it just another name or and colors or what's the what's different about you guys? Sure. So the exercise coach is a personal training franchise and it targets, we call the unlikely exerciser. So unlike every gym, every other gym who may be catering to people who already feel comfortable in a gym environment, already are into fitness, the exercise coach is really designed to um, empower people who are busy, who are afraid of getting hurt, who, who, just frankly dislike exercise or who don't like the big gym scene to really get fit and healthy for a lifetime. Um, often these individuals are a little older. Mm -hmm. So forties, fifties, sixties, our main client is somewhere like in that range. They're a busy professional, but sometimes they're coming off of health issues, surgeries. They have needs and goals that are a little bit different from like a 20 year old, let's, let's say. Um, so that's our passion is to help people who are not engaging in regular exercise to meet and exceed their, their goals. Um, but there's a lot of reasons people are on the sidelines from exercise sure. in the first place. Sure. So you're getting people that every other gym begrudgingly takes on and is like, yeah, we can, we can modify, we can help you. Like that's the person you want is like the person that every other gym acts like they can help, but really after two or three months, that person ends up leaving because they get hurt more or they don't like it or they realize it's not, it's too intense or whatever it is. So this is a, is a lower impact and lower um, intensity level, I guess, or maybe intensity is the wrong word because you can still be intense with be low impact. But uh, what, what, what kind of exercises do you do? What kind of exercises do you coach? At yes. Exercise? Great question. So it's very joint friendly exercise and it's very low impact, but it is high intensity. So how we, we have unique technology at the exercise coach, unique to us called Exrobotics, that measures, the first time you sit down on it, they're computerized machines and motorized machines that we customize settings for every individual on it. And the coach is able to measure each individual's muscular makeup and current fitness levels and then using the technology, they're able to design an exercise program to prescribe the right level of intensity for that person to work at every second of the exercise. The individual who's exercising sees a screen with targets that are showing in real time 
how they are doing to make sure they're, they're loading that muscle at the proper level of intensity to trigger the benefits that they're looking for from that set. And then it's a full body, um, you know, one muscle group's done and then we move on to the next one and it takes 20 minutes twice a week to see those optimal results. It's strength training. So you're like gamifying fitness with that. Like that's like a, like they've got to like follow like with the, it's not like a, like a boot camp or a CrossFit or there's a body weight training studios where their, their goal is like maybe minimal equipment. You guys have some high tech stuff. That's like, they come in and sit down on machines and work through like um, a full program. That's like on the computer, like connected, like integrated into the machines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then what they like is what, what people like about that is it shows them their progress each and every time and over time. So a month from now, let's say you came in and did a set today and you, you performed at a certain ability level, or you, we call it total effort a month from now, we're going to be able to show you that you are working at a 20% better total level of effort because you work against your previous performance each and every time. So you're seeing the concrete evidence of the progress that you're making Um, and people find that enjoyable. Yeah. I like that a lot. Instead of the other side of the spectrum for most gyms would be like, I have a new workout every time you come in, right. Or you never do the same thing twice. Um, which I don't know that that's the best way to go about it. Cause you, it's hard to like see progress that way. So I think it's, it's like a, data-driven way to see progress. Pretty cool. So outside of making this a full exercise coach commercial here, um, what, uh, what, what kind of things have been going on for you guys through this lockdown? I know, um, different places have different rules in place, mandates, whatever. Um, but I know exercise coach has been growing a lot and that's why I wanted to have you on. I've seen a lot of franchises have been started during Corona, which is very different than, a lot of other places. So what are you guys doing differently? What are these, like you talked about leadership must that we must know, what are you doing with your teams that are helping it grow that other people might not be doing or that we need to remember if we are, maybe we did them in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, very thankful to own a brand that is continuing to grow during, during COVID. Um, personal training is nice because it's one of the few things that people do feel comfortable as long as you're providing that safe, clean environment and telling them exactly what you're doing. It is something people feel like they want to continue doing and they understand that it's beneficial for them, for their health. So that's awesome. Um, as far as the team leadership, what was really important to me because we were shut down for three months, full three months here in Minnesota, other States, they actually had to shut down they got to reopen briefly, then they had to shut down again. Thankfully, we only had to shut down once for about 90 days. But during that time, one thing that was really important to me was to maintain close contact with my team. And we had weekly Zoom meetings. um, And we did a lot of uh, A, connecting with one another, B, professional development. We used that time to learn new things. I shared with them some podcasts about kind of next level, um, just human relationship stuff that they can turn around and use with our clients, but also uh, exercise anatomy, physiology um, things. We kind of studied things at a deeper level together and just played off one another, which we don't usually have time to do day to day. Um, And thankfully my entire team returned, you know, uh, once, yeah, once we were able to reopen. Did you, uh, is your team, are they salary? Are they, they pay, paid by the session? How does, it's personal training. So how do you have that set up for your, your gym? 
Sure. So we we like to hire young young recent college grads like kinesiology majors, um, 21, 22 year olds, 23 year olds who we can groom as a um, really important and, and helpful career stepping stone by working for us. We do train them and certify them as as certified exercise coaches. We have a full training um, course for this franchise, which is nice. And um, they're paid hourly. We do have managers that are salary. Um, but the nice thing about ours is you as a personal trainer don't only get paid if you have clients that you're attracting and keeping. You get paid no matter what. And it's actually my job as the owner to, to pay to bring leads into the store that you can um, present the concept to, sign them up and, and train them and keep them. So, so. during... Uh, your shutdown time, did those guys get paid just for the time they're on the clock with you? And then you had to convince them to, to come back and they were looking for other jobs? Or is it like you kept paying them like you normally would? How did that, how did that work for you guys? We, when we were first told we had to shut down, it was only initially for nine days. Initially. Yeah, we're, we're six months into 14 yeah. days of flatten the curve now, right? Is that yes. So yeah. it was like, okay, so I, I committed to the team. We're going to continue to pay you through the yeah. end of this pay period and through this initial mandated time of shutdown. They knew they were not working and they knew I was paying them. And yeah. I think mentally they're like, you know what? Each time I sign up a new client and each time I um, ke help keep a client, this owner collects enough money in this business to continue to pay me. I think it, it sent yeah. that message. But then once we realized it was longer, they did go on unemployment and they got paid plenty of money, especially that. $600 extra a week was nice for a lot of them. They were making, they weren't really in a deficit at all. Yeah. And then um, rehired them as soon as we were told we could reopen. So that's, that's kind of how it worked out for us. I mean, in a way it was, I was very thankful, but I was concerned about that. I wasn't going to be comfortable um, knowing that they were struggling, but I was happy to hear about the unemployment. So intentionally, having um an inexperienced team or a younger team uh has its benefits whereas you can like help them like get started um in your the way you want them to go right like you hire somebody who's been in a couple of gyms or done it their own way they always have like their own preconceived like this is the way i want to do it how dare you change my philosophy right um that's a benefit there's some downsides to it right can you talk us through like what that's been like what downsides are there with your are you seeing guys they don't off the top of my head, I'm thinking you hire freshly graduated kinesiology majors in their head. It's all theory, right? At this point, like they haven't actually worked with a lot of people to know like, well, when you're 60, yes, you technically have the same muscles, but this or this life thing might've happened or this injury might've happened. And we know on paper, this is what the result should be, but it's not always like that day to day with people. Um, is that been an issue at all? Like the, the experience factor when you're hiring people like that, or how do, how do you get over that? That's a great question. Um, and we, we tell clients right out of the gate that we have a team approach here at the exercise coach. So uh, um, it could be me as your coach, or it could be Jake as your mm -hmm. coach, or it could be Suzanne as your coach. And you're going to get the same workout delivered to you, no matter who it is. We all have different styles. And I will say the upside to that is heaven forbid something happens where your favorite coach and your favorite trainer has to leave or moves or gets sick, well, that that kills your, your enrollment then in the program. 
we don't want that to happen. Right. And so, um, having that team approach where we're, we're basically all able to deliver that same experience is a plus. However, yes. Um, you know, nobody wants turnover either because what we do with our clients is important and it is a relationship that we're developing. And so, um, with my employees, first of all, I look for candidates who have had experience with like being a PCA, um, or people who have done, and actually for the kinesiology major, a lot of them do have to do that. And so, um, it's kind of a requirement. And I look for people who have evidence in their past on the resume of, of benevolent, um, non-sexy for lack of a better term, um, things that they've engaged in to help people. And if I can see that this person is a caring human being, and they also happen to have this anatomy knowledge and physiology and muscle knowledge, then we can groom them into how to, how to deliver this workout anytime. But I look for character first and foremost. I love that. So instead of just a kinesiology major, we're looking for life experience. Um, Maybe it does not equate to, I've got all the training experience in the world, but I've got enough to show you that I know what I'm in theory, know what I'm doing, but I have the mind and I have the heart um, behind it. So that's really a cool approach. I think the, um, a lot of trainers are, are hurting, especially, uh, so a lot of people listen from Australia, especially in Australia, if you have a gym where you're trying to hire people right now, um, the government mandates have said in like, you have to be this level certified to be a trainer or this kind of, you know, and it leaves you with a crop of people that only have head knowledge and maybe their heart's not really in it, you know? Um, whereas I've seen some of our best trainers when I was running gyms um, were former um, waiters and waitresses because they like good ones and they just got tired of the late night grind of it and wanted to help people actually make a difference in their, in their body rather than feed them alcohol and bad food all night. Right. So but they love to serve and they love to take care of people's needs and their mind could go a couple of places at once and they could, they could manage a bunch of stuff coming at them all at the same time. So they, they have that um, personal skill set of being able to manage all that. And we just were able to walk them through a certification, how we ran things at the gym. And it's the same kind of idea. That's really cool, actually. Um, you know what, Ryan, it reminds me of your book because the rainmaker is empathetic and can actually right. listen and, and, right. show, and build that trust uh, level. And, and that's, that's the number one baseline, you know, it's huge. It's huge. So that that's cool. What about, so I want to stay with this experience thing for a second, because I think it's a really big thing for trainers. If you guys are a personal trainer and you're wanting to start your own, um, you're getting too busy and you need to hire some people, like who should we be looking for is a big thing to talk through, um, with, with a younger or less experienced trainer. So they've got like a benevolent, like background, right. I like the way you put that. Um, they've got the head knowledge because you know they've got a kinesiology degree. Um, but neither of those things show up for like the ability to sell, right? The ability like to close a deal. And I know you're saying it's not on them necessarily to grow the business. Um, it's on the owner or the manager, whoever is in charge of like bringing in leads and like closing them and putting them in this. First of all, the team approach to whether you agree with that approach or not, uh, you guys out there, it doesn't matter. The fact that Amy, that you're saying that as like, this is our um, expectation from the get go, every client walking in the door, it's not like, you know, some places I've been to and they don't realize they're going to have a different trainer every time. 
Um, and then it's kind of like, oh, but I really liked her. I, I don't want to work with Ryan. I like working with Amy. Where's Amy? Oh, she, she works Tuesdays, Thursdays. If you come on at two, that's when her schedule is. So you might get her those days if she doesn't have another client. But to set that expectation ahead of time to say, we have a team approach. We have a, a whole team of, of certified trainers where if one person can't figure it out, then Amy's going to be there or Ryan's going to be there or John's going to be there. We're going to be able to talk through it and figure out what's best for you um, so that you're not stuck with one person's knowledge. You get the whole team supporting you and serving you. Like that is a really cool expectation to set from the get-go rather than have it be a negative thing later on where they're like, well, what happened to my train? I, he just, he quit. And I thought I was, um, I don't want to be here anymore. Like that's brilliant, by the way, the way you word that and set that up is, is awesome. Um, so with the sales thing, right? which is why, what, I, what I love to talk about. Um, how do you manage that? Because even though they might not be responsible for actually selling the training, they're selling themselves every time they're in front of a client, right? They're selling your gym every time that they're talking. They're convincing them, you need to make your next workout. Don't like, even though they're not scheduling them or selling them, like, how do you talk about sales? And do they ever get to the point where they can sell if they want to? Like, how do you manage that? Actually, I do have every single coach of mine run initial consultations. Okay. So I was way off then. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And um, I want them to feel like they can do that because that builds ownership in the clientele. First of all, that I sign this person up, I listen to their needs and, and why they want this. And it's up to me to over deliver to them now and help them to meet these goals. That's why they want, they, they get hired because they want to help people. And I want them to have the sale experience as well. So how we teach that is first of all, our franchise does provide a, an outline of, of kind of the step-by-step -step. here's how you go through an initial consultation. Kind of, these are the things to cover mm -hmm. and kind of the step-by-step -step things to do. On top of that, there is this, these X factor, nonverbal, um, you know, personality, eye contact, things like that, right? Skills, soft skills that you want to bring into a, an initial consultation as well to build that trust with the person so that they will trust you to be a person they want to get personal training from. So with that, when I hire somebody new, they go through the actual training kind of like learn and and regurgitate basically the step-by-step -step piece and then they shadow an experienced person several times um, and then they get shadowed several times and they practice it on you know the manager and on myself before they're with a real client and we're sitting there with the checklist and we're saying you know here's what you did well and we missed this so let's try it again i used to be a teacher so i bring that some sometimes into this is like show me you know this Get the ruler so out on the chalkboard like right here do it yeah. now <laughs> pop quiz pop quiz so, yeah but that helps me know when i'm not there that person's taking good care of these leads that i paid money for yeah. so um so we just make sure we double check until we're happy with it and um, and then after they're a couple first times doing an initial consultation, we actually have them reflect. I ask them a few questions. What went well? What was your level of energy going into that session? Um, what did you do well? How did the prospect react? What could you change for next time? Did you forget anything? And those reflections really are helpful because it, it makes the person identify right away what they could improve. And mm -hmm. we want to promote that growth mindset. We always explain to new people, 
nobody's going to be as good at this job right out of the gate as you will be at this job in six months or a year. And we expect you to grow and we're actually going to reward you as well with your hourly rate pay rate for growth. And so let's, let's practice this growth. And here's what we're looking for, for next time. And, and, you know, in the future, do they get, will they get rewarded um, results-based too? Like, so if I, if I join your team and I'm learning all the stuff you want me to learn, but, and I'm doing all the things on the checklist, but I'm not actually closing sales, but you join the team and you're like knocking out of the park and everybody's signing up with you. Would, is there bonuses there? Do you bonus your people that way? Or is it just straight like hourly rate and you take care of the people? Like how do you, how do you manage the, the finance side of things? Yeah. I find it really helpful to bonus my managers okay. for total um, sales. Okay. And the sales are a function of new signups and retention. Right. But not individual. If you're not a manager, no, you're not bonused extra for signing people up. It's just kind of expected. However, the bonusing of the managers gives them a lot of incentive to make sure the rest of their team is good and signing people up. And so if we see that Ryan has a a difficulty converting prospects and you have a very low conversion rate, then we want to ask ourselves, why is Ryan having a hard time? And you as the manager, Suzanne, need to shadow Ryan and see if we can identify what's missing here so that we can train him and, and get him better at this. That's really good. The, um, the, the issue I've seen with a lot of places, new owner, new maybe franchise or just a pr- private studio. Um, I'm going to bonus all my people that sign people up and they think that's what, like, that's the solution to get more sales, to get more members, to get more clients. Um, and it never works. Like I'm not, so I'm not against bonusing. I'm not against like, you should pay your people well and you should treat them well and you should, uh, but nobody, maybe not nobody, very few people think, I want to be a personal trainer because I'm just going to make a ton of money. And I bet if I sign a bunch of people up, I'm going to make a ton of money. Like that's not their deep motivation, right? Um, everybody loves more money. Who doesn't want to make more, right? But if that is the only way you go about it. So I like what you're talking about, making it a team effort and like bonusing the managers to give them incentive. That, that's a really cool thing. They've got more responsibility. And I, I've even found when we do bonuses, a lot of trainers don't even notice it because their paychecks can be sporadic depending on how much they work or how many sessions they got in, depending on how the model's set up, right? But, and they're like, you know, 100 to 500 bucks a month or a pay period difference is like, well, it's just a low week. I must not have trained as much. I must not have worked as much. Or, and it's two weeks out, so you don't remember how much. But if you actually bonus with a gift card or a, it could even be less money with something physical you're handing your team. Uh, and it actually means more to them because it's something they wouldn't have bought. A TV, you go to Walmart and get a, 50 inch TV for 300 bucks rather than give them 500 bucks in their, in their um, account. And they're like, this is crazy. I didn't even really want this. I wouldn't have bought it for myself, but it's like a cool gift yeah. rather than $500 bonus, you know? So like stuff like that leaves a lasting, a longer impact because it's like you or you can find out about the person. Like, you know, they really like Thai food. So you get them a gift card to their favorite Thai restaurant rather than you get an extra $200 in your, um, check, which maybe you don't even really notice because you're not that great with finances because you're a personal trainer and you don't look at money very often and you don't check your bank accounts very often because you care about people, not about money, right? So giving them more money, one, isn't the motivation and two, doesn't really help move the needle because they don't really pay attention to it as much. But when you really pay attention to them, like that's that's a huge thing. I love that. Um, 
let's go with, you had some leadership principles and stuff that's been working well for you. Do you want to stay with that like team and how to motivate the team or what, what do you got next for us? What are you thinking? Hmm. Um, I mean, one thing that came to mind while you were just talking too is just how to, how to dial in and, and figure out what is motivating to your team to get better, right? And to do a better uh-huh. job for you. So like money is one one thing that motivates people, but some people are also motivated by autonomy, mm-hmm. um, meaning, like if they find an incredible amount of meaning in what they're doing, that's like totally enough at the end of the day for them, um, you know, that contribution. And then there's, what was the other one I was thinking about? Um, status, yeah. status, like moving up and you're important and I've identified you as a leader of this team. Just that, just that like calling out um, can be like the thing that motivates somebody. If you don't know which thing motivates, like you might think that money motivates, like if, I, if Amy, you're on my team, I think money motivates you and I'm going to like just keep giving you money and you're over here wanting like freedom like autonomy and you're wanting to like feel a part of a team but also have your own freedom and i'm not just pouring money on you and and saying great job you're doing so great with and i'm not saying i'm just giving you cash but really you want to be like i want to set my own schedule and i want to know that you really like me um i want some praise here you wouldn't they might not ever say that right but they just feel this like he doesn't get me he doesn't really understand who i where someone else may really like want to be responsible for things and feel like they're a part of changing the culture of a place. And I think I would very much as a manager, I'm quick to be like, I don't want to burn them out. I don't want to just like, I had to get over that. Like, I don't want to like put too much on them or give them stuff. I'm not paying them to do. And people, there's two or three people I can remember off the top of my head that would be, they'd be like, no, I want to like, this is why I'm here. Like I want to do this stuff. And if you know which teammates or team members really enjoy those aspects of their job, you can really focus in that area. Have you seen that? Like, where, what are some successes and failures you've had in that? Yeah, I mean, I have I have tried to call out. So we do these, and this is one tactile tip. So we we hire a coach, and they actually get a small increase, salary increase, every three months at a review. So they're reviewed three months in, six months in, a year, every three months. We're salary expecting- Salary increase or fired, right? Is it a- well, <laughs> no, yeah, mostly, no, it's a, we're going for that salary. <laughs> and, um, but each of those reviews, you know, we are expecting that growth and we're identifying um, what they're doing well and where they can grow to the next level, the next level, the next level. But, um, one thing is that we have found, um, what did you just ask me? I'm so sorry, right? I said just successes that you've had when you relate to the oh. team. Like you're saying. When, you're, when you bring them on and you're like, um, is it financial? Is it autom- like when it's gone well for you? And then what about, has there, has there been times like that you've tried it and you realized, oh, that is not what's motivating them at all. I messed yes. that up. Like what, talk to us about how, like everything you're doing is so perfect. Like tell us something you mess up at so we can feel like we're normal humans too. Oh my gosh. I know. I I don't want to come off that way. I've made a lot of mistakes and it took me quite a long, longer than it should have to get to the point where we're at. So, so keep that in mind. Um, Lots and lots of stumbling at the beginning. I mean, I've had to tell my managers like, cause they've, they've worded things like, I I don't know if I want to like be um, ask this, this coach for more hours. And I was, I said, no, they don't worry about that. They want that. One thing I try to do as the owner, cause I'm, I'm not in there every day, but I do, I do observe enough of what 
what goes on when somebody's new, I try to really pick out and look for their, their top skill. Like what is this person coming into the job with that is really um, unique about them and their, their top skill. And then they can build upon that in their expertise. That's good. In other areas that they lack. And so like one coach of mine, he is so smart and he's like gifted in communicating some science and some high level muscle activation of what, what we're doing here today right. to clients. Like you're good at that. And so I called that out in him right away. Like you're so smart and you're so good at teaching clients. I want you to build upon that. Another coach of mine, she's like super, um, super connected and, and empathetic. And so it's like, you bring in that trustworthiness to that professional, like your personal connection, your ability to connect on a personal level with our clients combined with your professional makes you so great. Um, let's build upon that. Yeah, that's so, I like that because you don't have to figure it all at once. So if you're a hiring your first person, right. Or if you've got a team of 20, it doesn't matter. Like you don't have to meet with everybody for three hours a day for a month straight to figure out their internal motivations and their Enneagram numbers and their disc profile, like find a skill that they are good at. And this is the one thing you can do, I think as an owner or a manager and just, um, cause you have to start seeing yourself as that and you're not just the, the trainer, you're the owner of the business, right? Um, call that out of them say, Hey, I noticed this. That's not normal. It's really good. It's amazing. You're really, they think it's normal. They think what they do, anybody can do. That's every personal trainer ever. They think anybody could do this. They probably could do it better. You've got to take the time. What you did is perfect. And go and call out like, Amy, you're an amazing connector. You're incredible at seeing people's gifts and finding where they should fit and putting them where they're going to be successful. Like you need, you got to go to your people and tell them that. And if you're a trainer right now, just listening, like, man, one day I'll be there. Um, start doing it now with your clients and just say, Hey, John, I noticed your squat. Like that is not, most people take forever to do this. You're doing really well. Let's keep working on it and, and make it even better. Like call out the good things you see in people and they're going to feel so connected to you. That is, that's amazing. I love, I love it. I love it. One thing we, we like to do is identify and think through what are the behaviors that a coach or a trainer needs to do when they're serving a client to mm -hmm. keep that client happy long-term and to give them success. And I've created a couple like checklists for observation of coaches prior to their review that we go through. And to build on that last idea, like people come in with certain skills, right? Like I'm really good at this, but maybe naturally I'm not as good at this part of coaching that is very important for client success. Some coaches are honestly afraid to like push people too hard or correct form because they don't want to offend them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And yeah. I, you know, it's no, they need, they're paying us for that. They're paying yeah. us to make sure their form is good. And they, that's actually a value add is to correct their form. But anyway, um, these checklists and these rubrics that I've come up with again, it's the teacher and me, but I ask myself what needs to be happening to keep long-term successful uh, clients good. and then observe that and check for those behaviors prior to their review. And then here's the concrete information. Here's what I saw you doing. Here's what we can add now um, to bring you up to the next level. So um, that's beautiful because most people won't do reviews at all. Um, they'll just wait until someone says, hey, I'm not happy. Well, I can give you more money or whatever, right? Or they'll do reviews, but they don't have anything to go back on. It's just 
what you remember over the last week or two rather than the last three months, right? So having checklists in place or having standards in place or having expectations in place, um, and you can word them however you want to, right? But like having something you can look back on where it is not an objective, like, well, I feel like this is what you're doing. Like you have concrete information to say, I need you to accomplish this, you accomplish this. I needed you to accomplish this, you did not accomplish this. So that's why we're gonna give you a raise or that's why we're gonna have to let you go or that's why whatever. Um, that That's massive. Um, it takes the pressure off of you as a gym owner or a manager rather than like, oh, I feel like they're not gonna like me. And it take, it's like no longer me and you, let's put it on the board and let's look at what you said you were gonna do and let's look at what you actually did. And you tell me, did you do it? Oh no, okay, yeah. right? Right, so yeah. that's that's all you have to do rather than like me versus you, it's let's look at what we both agreed on and let's see what happened. I think, so to round this whole thing out, I think you're in a really unique position because on one hand, you, you, Amy, uh, you, you are what everybody wants to be right now. Like every trainer that I talk to that has any drive, they want to max out their schedule, hire some trainers, um, build a business that they don't have to be there. They can just train the clients they want to, right? So like, I can train when I want, when I, where I want, and I don't have to worry about having to be there. This thing can still make me money and I'm not locked into 14 hour days to take care, to like provide for my family, right? Like that's every successful trainer's dream. On the other hand, anybody working for somebody, like you're in this great spot and this horrible spot, you're the, you're the owner that's never there. You're the owner. What does she even do? How dare her tell me how to do my job? So I, there's these, as trainers, I think we have this aspiration of like, I want to be the owner that's never there. But at the same time, if we're in under somebody, we're like, they don't even know what I do. They're always off on their whatever they're doing. I don't know. And you don't realize how much stuff like, getting leads, bringing them in, setting up systems, like all the stuff it actually takes to run a business. So it's like this impossible situation, right? Where it's this dream job that nobody really wants to respect. So you, you, you're doing a really cool job with it because if you don't have systems and expectations and the checklist and the stuff that most trainers are probably going to feel like, well, I don't want to like stifle their creativity or I don't want to like, I don't want, to, I don't want this to be like a corporate kind of a feel, but if you don't have any of that, then all of a sudden the, the finger just gets pointed at you and saying, you're not doing your part. You need, you're just not even here. You don't understand. But when you have all that stuff in place, it's a much easier conversation to say like, well, no, here's what we agreed on. Here's what you're doing. Cause the fact that you're funding the whole thing doesn't matter to anybody, right? Like they don't really care. Uh, very few people will actually care. Uh, do you have any, just to speak that as you, as people grow to that level where they get aut autonomous and you, you're kind of like just a um, absentee owner in a way, like you're, you're still very much involved, but not all the way there. What, um, what do you say to that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's important for people to know what are you doing, <laughs> you know, with your time and how are you? Yes. So um, one thing that first comes to mind is we do, so I have two studios and we, we call in for weekly Zoom meetings every, so every Friday there's a team meeting. Every other week, so alternating Fridays, it's actually a large group meeting with me that I lead uh, on a Zoom call. And one thing I do is I actually ask the whole team to go around and share kind of wins and I congratulate each person, looking them in the eye for those things. Um, but I also ask the managers to shout out, give employee shout outs to what they saw that person do well. And I, I kind of give them some rah-rah right then and there. Like, that's awesome. Way to go. That's really cool. And we're doing it publicly. Like they're getting that praise. 
from their manager who works alongside them publicly. To be fair, when I open a location, I do, I am in there for the first 90 days and I work alongside the team and I try to teach them and model to them like um, how to think about things, how to address problems and how they can think through scenarios in the right way. And then I back out. I also text them a ton. Like I, I, we're on text threads and every single time I have a lot of visibility into my business. I actually can see our, our texting and our sales and appointment calendar. So I can actually see a lot, a lot in real time. So I can send my coaches like you, congratulations, new client, way to go. We signed this person up and they know they're getting a congratulations Mm. emoji from me every time somebody gets uh, signed up or whatever. And, and they know that I see that's a huge thing. I think most owners are so you can, you can very easily get so focused on the numbers of like, why is this not happening? Hey, I noticed you weren't here yesterday. Is everything okay? You're getting back in rather than great job, you know, you did a simple, like, great job. Well done. That was awesome. I noticed this. It was so good. And if they get that from you more often than whenever you do need to correct something, it's so much easier to receive. That's like, it seems simple, right? But it's so important. Yeah. And I realized that recently is that I told my managers, like, sometimes I'm only hearing about the problems because I do ask like, Hey, is there anything any needs that you see with the staff, any gaps in knowledge, what can we, what can I help you with? Which is good. You want to provide open communication for problems. Um, But then I said, if I only am hearing about somebody's struggles, I'm not, I'm not seeing all these wonderful things they're doing on a daily basis. And so I want to know those as well. And that's why I added this shout out portion to our team meetings. That's Um, awesome. It is important. Guys, if you want to um, reach out to Amy, we didn't even talk about this, but your husband uh, actually sell is part of the franchise um, development part of, of Exercise Coach. Um, and you guys, you, you sold, he sold many franchises during COVID. Yes, it's one of the only fitness businesses um, selling units during COVID. Like in-person units, not like a Zoom call friend, Exercise Coach, right? Like you're- Yeah, these are new openers who are opening new stores. It's cool. We, we don't have time for that right now, but guys, if you want to talk to um, Amy or maybe, maybe all this is like, you know what? I'm ready to make the jump to like own a franchise. She probably knows somebody um, that maybe she lives with that could maybe direct you in the right path to figure out what that looks like with exercise coach. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so if you want that, just message me or reach out to her. Is there, is there an email or anything that you could give them, Amy, that they need more advice from you or if they want to join your team? Cause wow, I don't have a team like that. And I want to be on one. And I'm in Minnesota. Let me come work for you. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yes. Um, you can email me, Amy, A-M-Y, at exercisecoach.com. I think we all know how to spell exercise. E-X-E-R-C-I-S-E, coach.com. It's a big, it's a big assumption. Don't assume. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Guys, thanks for being here with us. Um, if you need anything from me at all, reach out, let me know. And I want to let you know, right now is the time. Um, Amy nailed it. It's the time to grow yourself and grow your team. Even if you've already opened back up, do not let this become something where you become more busy than ever before trying to make up more ground. Find the things you know you need to do, work on them with your team, get better at the sales process, get better at communication, get better at those soft skills that you know you need and keep doing them. It's not something sales training works, but it doesn't work if you do it once. It works if you continually focus on it on yourself and your team. So make that a consistent conversation and you can grow really big right now. Um, Thank you, Amy. Thanks for being here, guys. 
Train smart, live well. We'll see you.